or three are gathered in your name that you are there in the midst. Father, we are more than two or three. Father, oh God, and we are in your presence. We're in the presence of the Most High God. We are in the secret place of the Most High. You said that you raise us up together and we sit together with you in heavenly places. And that's where we are as a church, oh Lord, even though we may be here on the earth, but there's no distance, there's no time in the spirit. And that's where we are in the spirit, oh Lord God. And we thank you as we join together, not only this church, oh Lord God, but the churches all over uh, this country, oh God, the churches all over the world, from the east to the west, oh God, even in those areas, in China and other areas where churches and Christians are being persecuted, oh God, we stand with them. We stand with them, we're elevated with them before your throne. We're elevated to them in your presence, oh God, and we worship you. We worship you, oh God, a wave of praise and honor and glory all across, oh God, Father, this, this earth, oh God, Father. All across, oh God, Father, the earth, oh God, and the lands and the continents, oh God, from the east to the west. Your praises are going forth right now, oh God. Lord Jesus, sit back and receive our praises. Receive the praises of your church and your people as we honor you, oh God, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Father, we take over. We take, we take over, oh God, the very airwaves because we have that honor. We have that authority in the name of Jesus because you are the maker of every principality. You are the maker of every power, every throne and every dominion, oh God. You are the maker, oh God. You created, oh God, Father Satan himself in the name of Jesus, oh God. And we stand, oh God, we stand in opposition to his kingdom in the name of Jesus because of your blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that saves, that draws people from darkness into the kingdom of light. We thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence. Father, just anoint everything that is said and done to today, oh God, Father, in Jesus' name. The word that go forth, oh God, let it go forth in power and anointing, oh God, from the speaker, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, let you give to him, oh Lord God, and he put forth to us, oh Lord God, from your spirit, and we will receive, we will receive your word, oh God, all across the your earwaves, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, let every song that is sung be for your honor and your glory. And right now we take authority, oh God, over every hindering spirit in the name of Jesus. I want to hinder and block. Father, we take authority over them in Jesus' name. They have no authority over the church of the living God. And that's who we are. We stand in you. We stand in you, not in our own strength. We stand in you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, glory to God. Indeed, the blood never loses power. We're so grateful to be with you today. We thank God. Amen. For allowing us in your home. Allowing us to gather together for this time of worship. My name is Pastor Faison, and we at the Living Water Church are pleased to present this um, service to you during this time. We thank God today. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being our God and our Father. We thank you for hearing our prayers. 
and we thank you for allowing us to gather in your name here and wherever the listeners are today. As we gather in your name, we know we're with you. We ask that you bless this portion of the service and that you open up our eyes and our ears, touch our ears that we might hear, touch our eyes that we might see Christ. We thank you for these things even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Last week we talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is what we celebrate all the time, not even during, not just during one season of the year <laughs> or during a holiday, but we celebrate Jesus because we know he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he died for our sins, and he was risen again on the third day, and he's alive evermore, and we thank God for that. In Luke chapter 24, we see that the women went to the tomb on the first day of the week because they wanted to, you know, put spices and things on his body. You know, even though I'm concerned, how are they going to get that stone moved away? But that's for another time. But they went there to, to honor him in his death and, and, and treat his body, you know, and try to keep it semi-preserved. All right, they weren't. They didn't go there looking for a resurrection. They weren't going there looking for an empty tomb or an empty grave. They were going there looking for the body of Christ. All right, and of course he wasn't there. And the angel of the Lord said to him, "Why do you seek the living among the dead?" Right, and so he's alive, and he's alive evermore. And so we want to look at a couple more scriptures after the resurrection of Jesus in the same chapter, Luke chapter 24, we got two of the disciples on their, on their way home, I believe, on the way to Emmaus, a town called Emmaus, which is about seven miles away from Jerusalem. That's a pretty good walk, y'all. Okay? And so they're on their way, and they're talking about the things going on, you know, the current events and everything that has happened. And, you know, they, and I, I imagine they're expressing some disappointment and we're going to look at some of the conversation that they have because Jesus joins himself to those two gentlemen. So we're looking at Luke chapter 24. And I'll start at verse 13. And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three furlongs. Another verse says seven miles. Okay. I'm reading from the King James Version. And they talked together of all things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near to them and went with them. But their eyes were holding, and they did not know who he was. They didn't recognize him. Okay? So here's what happened. And Jesus, Jesus says, So what manner of communication are these? that ye have one to another as they walk. And one of them said, whose name was Cleopas, answering him, Are you only a stranger in Jerusalem and has not known the things which are come to pass these few days? In other words, he said, How is it that you're the only person that doesn't know what's going on? That's what he's saying to him. You, you know. And then he goes on and talks about how, how Jesus and Nazareth are prophet who did great things before God and before men, you know, and how you know and how he was a good man and how the high priests, the high priests, the rulers, the, the the religious rulers, turned him over 
turn them over to and condemn them and turn them over to the Romans to be crucified. Right? And they send these things to them. And they talk about their disappointment. Okay? Let me read that for you. And um, verse 21 says, But we trusted, we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. He is the redeemer, y'all. But that's not the redemption that the people were looking for. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. You have to understand, it takes three days to certify a death. Okay, and that day, you know, today, um, the doctor checks the pulse, checks the body, checks the, you know, life is gone, and calls it. You know, such, such, look at the clock, time of death, and that kind of thing. But in that day, it took three days to certify somebody's death. Okay? That's why Lazarus, Lazarus, Jesus' friend Lazarus was in the grave. Jesus delayed, he waited till the third day before he called them out. Because if he called them out any sooner, he could have been, they could have said, well, he was in a coma. Or he wasn't really dead. You know, he was just unconscious. You know, those kind of things. Right? So three days now, and three days, these men aren't, aren't looking for a resurrection in three days. They just understanding that he's dead. He's, he's showing up dead now. However, the women, they have a testimony of the women that went to the grave and said that he wasn't there. His body was not there. You know, it's the third day. And so this is when Jesus chimes in and talks to these men and these, you know, and says in verse 25, Oh fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So these men got an unusual, special, amazing Bible class with the Lord while they're walking. While they're walking and talking, and Jesus starts at Moses. He starts in the beginning and goes all the way through the prophets, the things concerning himself. What you gotta imagine how special this is, right? Because um, the, the the apostles had three years. They had three years to deal with this. And these men, they're they're disciples, but they weren't like the twelve, they weren't living with them. You know, they were followers. They were students. They were followers. But now they get a special Bible lesson from Jesus himself, not knowing that it's the Christ. Because their eyes are still kind of dim. You know, in other words, their perception is still off a little bit. Okay? And so, they, they get this Bible study. And while they, they find, they come to their place in Emmaus, and because they, um, they're doing what they're taught, you know, they learn about hospitality. And they say, you need to stay with us. You know, it's getting late. Just stay with us. Because in that day, you took strangers in your home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh -huh. Right. Strangers, y'all. Okay. You took them in. You didn't have somebody just hanging out in the street. You saw somebody who needed help. You took them in your home. You brought them in your home. Stay with us. And you became their host. And you became um, actually in charge of their protection. And that kind of thing. 
Okay, and so they, they invited Jesus into their home. They don't even know his name at this point. You know? I, I imagine that he was that Jesus doing the teaching and the talking that the gentleman forgot to ask who we are. Who are you? What's your name? They didn't introduce themselves. They just talked. You know, you may have been in conversations like that. You know? Back in the day when we used to be to stay together and you know, you got on the train and you got on the bus and you waited and you're in line for some place and you, you just talk to people and you didn't necessarily introduce yourself and you just talk. You know? You talked about the weather, you talked about politics, you talked about sports, be careful with the politics though. But you you know, you, you talked about what's going on. Right? And and you may not have made an introduction. Okay? And but these guys are walking for a few miles with Jesus and then you know who he was. So then, they come to the place and they invite him in, and guess what? They're going to have a meal, and guess who stands up to bless the meal? The stranger. <laughs> now, most people don't do that at other people's houses. But I guess if you're the Christ, you, you take some liberties that other people don't have. Wow. And, and, when he, and when he stood up and blessed the meal, then their perception was revealed that this was the Christ. This was Jesus himself. Course, and he did not stay with them. And at this point, the the two gentlemen went back to Jerusalem to tell the apostles that he's alive. We saw him. We we perceived him. He may have just perceived him. We saw him. We talked with him. And they said to themselves, Then our hearts burn within us as we walked along the way. See, here's what happens, yo. See, the word of God will open your eyes. Right? There are people seeking the truth, but they're not seeking it in the Word. Right? We had a testimony Wednesday night um, in Bible study of a, a young Mormon man who was on his mission, Mormon mission tour, and he was encouraged by a Baptist preacher just to read the Bible. Just read it like it's the first time you read it. Right? And he read the Word, and he stayed in the Word, especially in the Old Testament, and read the things about Christ. And it opened his eyes and he come to realize that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ. Yes. And that's all you needed. You didn't need all this other stuff that the religion put on him. You didn't need, you just needed Jesus. And what we encourage you today, if, if you, believer and unbeliever, see what the Bible says. Open it up and read it and open yourself up to the word of God. I guarantee that if you take some time to read the scriptures, the scriptures will talk for themselves. And the scriptures will reveal itself and will reveal that Jesus is the Christ. Now there are people who have done a lot of studying and a lot of research. Alright? Um, and there's a book called A Case for Christ. And forgive me, I forgot to write down the author's name. But this author was an investigative reporter in Chicago. And, and he he studied to prove the Bible wrong. You know he got converted. Yes, he did. He can't. He can't do that. You can't prove this to be wrong. If you stay in long enough, it will talk back to you. It will convince you. What are we saying? Saints of God. People of God. We have to be students of the word. We have to be students. No matter how long you've been, whether you're a newborn believer or whether you've been in this thing for decades. You have to be students of the word. 
We have to study the Bible. We have to read it and study it and let and be a compliant reader. Yes. What I mean by that? I mean you read it to comply with it. You read it to obey it. That's a compliant reader. As opposed to other readers, you know, who want to deconstruct it, who want to read it for their own purpose, who want to read it to make their own self and to um, to to convince themselves that they're right about what they feel about certain things. Okay, but I read it as a compliant reader. When I was in school and I was at, at the Drew Theological School, and and then I, I had to realize something. I had to realize that every student there wasn't there to be um, a follower or or a minister. Well, many of them were there to be ministers, but everybody wasn't there for the same purpose, right? In my class, we even had an atheist who was in our class, and and because of the organization he was in, he had to have a master's degree in theology, even though he's an atheist. Go figure, right? So, so he was there, and then we had other people in our classes, in classes, who weren't there as believers. They were there for the degree and for the education, but not there as believers. And I'm, I'm, I'm young, and I'm kind of well, I was all that young either. Well, I was naive though. Was <laughs> young, but I was naive, you know. And I had to realize that you know, facing everybody's not here because just for the same reason you're here, right? And one of our professors told us that you have to, you have to re realize that people believe different things, and the best you can do is say, I wonder why they feel that way. <laughs> I wonder why he believes that. I wonder why she says this. You know, that's the best you can do. But I tell you, if you stay in the Word, the Word will bring you around. If you're not sure, you need to study. If, if, you're, if you're not convinced, go back into the Bible. If you don't understand it, go back in. The best commentary for the Word is the Word. Amen. Right? Ask questions. You need to ask questions. Uh, Bishop, I was to Bishop Jason one day, and he was talking about Arthur Pink. Arthur Pink is a, is a big-time author. Author. His name is Arthur. Arthur Pink. Right? And, and Bishop was saying, I don't understand how he gets so much out of the word, right? And I'm not getting it. And Jason gets a lot out of the word, yo. Come on now. <laughs> but he's saying this man gets more out of the word than he gets out of it. And he doesn't understand it. And he said the Lord told him, he said, because he asked more questions. You have to read the book and ask questions. Ask questions. Ask why. Why? Why? Why he put it this way? Why does it say this? You know, what, why is this important? How does this matter to me? You know, we have to ask these questions. Yes. You know, so I'm telling you, I'm encouraging you to go to the book. Ask questions. I also encourage you to study and go in your, your Bible study and your church service and your Sunday school and wherever the Word is being taught. Get with that too. But when you study, ask questions. Why does it say this? Why is it written this way? You know, why doesn't that? Why did? Why does this this gospel, the gospel of Luke, says it different from the gospel of John? You know, is is that a contradiction? Ask these questions. Stay in the Word. I tell you, if you stay in the Word, the Lord will open our eyes and.
perception will be clear and we will understand these things because faith comes by hearing. Yes. Hearing by the word of God. You, you, you think you lack faith? You think you don't have strong enough faith? It only takes the faith for a month to see, by the way. But if you think that you lack faith, stay in the Word. The Word will give you faith, will help you believe. When we pray for people, and we want them to trust God, we want them to believe, we, we use the Scripture, right? And we remind, you know, people like to remind God. We don't remind God. He does not forget. But we remind ourselves. We quote the Scripture to ourselves. We encourage ourselves. Jesus was tempted by the devil. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days. And he was tempted. And the tempter came and, and tried to get him to do certain things. You know, if you know, if you if you since you're the son of man, since you're the son of God, rather, you know, take the stirring, take the stones, and turn on the bread. You know you're hungry. You want to eat. And what did Jesus say? He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. And the, the proceeds out of the mouth of God. He wasn't rebuking the devil with that scripture. He was talking to himself. He was quoting the word for himself. Right? That's what he was doing, and that's what we need to do. You know, we need to quote, you can remind, you can try to remind God of stuff because you think he forgot. What you need to do is read it for yourself. Quote yourself. Talk to yourself. You know? Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus said to himself, he said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. Right? He said to himself, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. He talked to himself in the presence of the enemy. Okay? So that's what you need to do, saints. Stay in the word. Practice the word. We practice, we live by it, we do what we got to do, we do the best we can, right? And 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 talk to yourself. You know what it means to meditate? The word meditate means to murmur. Mm -hmm. You know when you murmur, you know I murmur, you know what I mean? Shoot, you know these people they get nervous, you know, talking to my breath a little bit. And, and I don't do it in front of my mother, but you know, that kind of thing. You murmur, you talk to yourself. You need to talk to yourself the word of life. Yes. You need to take the Bible. You need to meditate on it. You need to learn some scripture. You need to have some go-to scriptures that help you. Yes. <laughs> they help you. You have to memorize some things. When I was a young fella, and I first came to Christ around the age of 17, there was a mother in the church who knew I have a tendency to be a little foolish. She <laughs> says, you need to read Proverbs. <laughs> Read Proverbs, right? And she encouraged me to read Proverbs because Proverbs will give you wisdom. Yeah. It would call you out on your foolishness, right? And help you be wise. And so I studied the Proverbs. I, I read it. And when I went to college, when I got to college a few years later, I had a, a friend of mine, Gary Ben Warren, right? And he was like my mentor when my freshman year in college. And he said, Ted, he didn't call me Ted, but I'm used to it anyway. He said, read Proverbs. Read it every day. He told me to read it every day. Right? The, on, on, let's say April. On April 1st, read the chapter 1. On April 2nd, read chapter 2. He told me every day read Proverbs. And I still practice that. Right? Because it helps you. 
I want to be wise. I want to be a wise guy. I want to be a wise man. You know? <laughs> and, and I want to read the Proverbs. And, and, and as much as I follow what the Bible says, that's where the wisdom is. Mm -hmm. Now, when I go against what I know was right, I'm being foolish. Mm -hmm. I know none of y'all ever been foolish like that. But that's what I understand. When I do what it says, I'm being wise. When I go against what it says, I'm being foolish. So here's what I want you to know. The word will keep it. If you're not sure, if you have any doubts, all right? If, if it doesn't, if it's not clear to you, you go to the book. You read what it says. You ask the Lord to help you. Lord, give me an understanding of these things. You don't have to read the King James Version. I grew up with the King James Version, so I'm kind of used to that weird stuff, right? Uh, get a version that works for you, right? Compare. Take, take this version, take that version, compare it, right? Get something that you understand. So you can understand the Word of God. You prayerfully read the Word. You prayerfully read it. You study it. You memorize it. You do the best you can to hold on to it. David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart. Yes. In my heart. That I might not sin against you. Right? Jesus said, The Holy Spirit will guide you, lead you, and guide you into all truth. Mm -hmm. Right? You ask God for help. I need some guidance to order my steps. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to have good success. You know? And I have some, I got some selfish reasons too. I got some ambitions that I hope is in your line with you. If it's not, you're going to tell me. Mm -hmm. Okay? And you take the word. You need the word of God. Yes. We need the word. Yes. He honors his word. Okay? And when you're in that prayer and you've got some issues and you're, you're challenged in your faith and you're challenged in your body and you're challenged in whatever part of your life is being challenged, and you, you go ahead and quote that word to the Lord. If you want to, go ahead and quote it. But what you're doing, you, you're building up your faith. Yes. You know, you say, Lord, you told me that, that I could come to you with everything. You told me that I'm saved. You told me that I'm redeemed. You told me that, that this thing is forever. You told me these things. And go ahead and talk to the Lord out of the things that he told you. And while you're talking to the Lord, you're hearing the word that you're saying. And you're building up your faith. You're strengthening yourself. Yes. You're strengthening yourself. And so when you come out of that prayer, you'll be like David worshiping. Mm -hmm. Now you know I talk about David all the time. King David complained to God. He complained to God. Some of those, you read some of those psalms, they're complaints. <laughs> and then, before you get to the end of the message, before you get to the end of the psalm, he's saying things like, but you're faithful. And you, will, you are the redeemer. You're the one that's going to bring us out. And you never let this happen to Zion. You know? And he'll, he'll talk that good talk. After he complained and whined and fussed and vented, he, he starts worshiping. I, I encourage you to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. If it's on your heart, talk to the Lord. He can handle it. But then at the end of your complaint and your whining and your fussing, you know, start worshiping again. Mm -hmm. Start appreciating. Start being thankful. Right? The word of God will help us to pray. It'll help us to talk to people. It'll help us to deal with uh, our opponents and enemies, if you have any of those. 
right? It'll help us to deal with ourselves. It will show us who we are. It will reveal us to us. You know? It, the word of God is, it will cleanse you. It will wash you. Washing of water by the word. That's what we're talking about. It will cleanse you. It will say, it will show you that this is wrong and you need to repent of that. Okay? That's what the word of God does for you. Right? It will build you up. Okay? And it will give you correction. The correction that you need. And when you hear the word, the spirit of God will have a witness in you. So that's right. <laughs> you, you know, you, you sat in church and or you sat in a conversation and someone says something that's out of the Bible and you got that witness in yourself. No, that's right. Uh-huh. That's right. That's Bible. <laughs> okay? That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. But listen, getting back to our friends on the road to Emmaus, they're disappointed because Christ died. They're not even sure he is Christ. They call him a prophet. They're disappointed that the rulers turn him over to, to Rome to be crucified. Alright? And they want they were looking for a redemption, a physical, political redemption. Is what they were looking for. But the redemption that Jesus brings is for the spirit, it's for the soul, it's for your life. He redeems our lives. He did not free Israel from Roman rule. The folks are disappointed. But what he did do, he freed every individual that believes on him from the power of sin. Every individual that believes on him, he redeems them. He, he, he takes them out of their slavery to sin. All right? And, and the power that the devil had over them, he redeems them makes them free. And for you and I and anyone else, if you feel bound, if you feel trapped, if you feel like you have a, a habitual behavior that's not good, right? If there's addiction in your life, right? If you're just not comfortable with yourself, Jesus will redeem you from that. He will redeem you from that just for the asking. Just for the asking. And if you have some other issues that I haven't named, he'll help you through it. He's able, no matter what it is you're going through, or what you've been through, or how you suffered, even if you suffered at the hands of other people, he will get you through that. He will get you out of it. He will do these things for you just because you believe in him. Because God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son and that if you believe in him you won't perish and you will have everlasting life amen all right see we don't we don't have this god there's a there's an image of god an angry old man ready to smite people that's not the god of the bible all right the god of the bible goes out his way to redeem people to save people. It's not his will that anybody perish, but that all people will come to repentance. He wants us all to repent. Repent means turn around, change your mind, go in another direction. He wants us to follow him. Alright? Jesus said, 
He said, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men, all people unto me. And they lifted him up on that cross. And from that day on, Jesus is drawing everybody to himself. Mm -hmm. I thank God. He drew me. And eventually, I said, yes. yes. You know, I didn't come right away. I grew up in this thing. I'm a pew baby. I think I grew up in this thing. And I heard it all my life. But at some point, I thank God that I said yes. Amen. Right? I thank God he got me. He got me early and young. Whether you're young or old, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. And you need to say yes to the Lord. He's the, listen, I'm telling you this every week. Jesus has done all the work for your salvation. He has paid all the costs for your salvation. He has set everything up for you to just step right into it by faith. That's what he wants. I've done all this for you. Not just for the group, but for you, the individual. He's done all this for you. And if you would come, by, come to him through faith, he will save your soul from sin and from judgment and condemnation and all that other stuff. He'll save you unto himself and he will give you right standing with him and the Father. Amen. You can have it in Jesus' name just for the asking. We're going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Lord, I pray for the hearers of your word today. I pray that you have opened up their perception that they will receive what we have presented. And Lord, and that, and that they will say yes to you. Lord, show us, show us the need, show us our individual need to come to you in faith.
pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offering, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.